But I think it's important that we jump right in. I have a message to share. God's given me something. And, and, and I'll be honest, I really have to step up. Our worship today was outstanding. I was so... I was so happy with how worship and, and uh, Teresa, that new song is amazing. And I know I'm biased because I'm married to you and I have to say it, but it's, it's, uh, it was a pleasure to get to hear you sing. Uh, Joel Devane could use a lot of work, but you were spot on. So, no, <laughs> that's not true. Okay, so let's jump right in. So, uh, just about a year ago, and I, and I expect all of you to remember everything I said a year ago. Oh, by the way, Teresa, if you don't mind going to the office, I have notes for today's message in case I miss anything. All right, so I'll have notes that you can have, you can take, you can bring home with you, and uh, cross-reference everything and make sure I'm not making a bunch of stuff up. All right, so about a year ago, I remember us talking about laminin. Show of hands, who knows what laminin is? Okay, and we have a picture of laminin. Now, I'll briefly talk about this, but, but laminin is a glycoprotein. I wonder if uh, Jules fell asleep or if our power outage killed our monitors. What, what do you think it is? Oh, nope, he was sleeping. <laughs> so, uh, so, so this is a glycoprotein. I'm, I'm not a scientist, um, but this is one of the fundamental building blocks inside of us. That is a picture of that under a microscope of laminin, and it's responsible for nearly everything we do see, smell, touch, hear, etc. It's one of our base foundational elements of who we are, not just as humans, but every living creature has laminin strands within their body. We talked about that last year. It kind of, it kind of resembles a cross, right? Being that the building blocks of our lives and everything we do is, is on the foundation of the cross. But I want to take it just one step further this morning. And I don't know if you know this, but science has also proved that we have a God spot in our brains. Now, this is an image I googled. Don't hold me to this. I am not a scientist, but it's in our frontal cortex, and it runs neural pathways throughout our entire, uh, throughout our brain, and that is the spot that helps us um, understand, mm, I don't want to say this wrong, and I'm really bad at it, because I did Google this. Um, it's, it's the part where we communicate with God. It's the part, it's the religious parts of our brain. I won't speak more on this because this is not what I'm gifted at, but it does bring me to what I want to talk about today. Oh, I had a note that talked about it. Well, I'm going to skip over it now. So briefly this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk about the connection between the physical and the spiritual, the connection between how God speaks to us and how our body translates or how our soul can interrupt what God is trying to say and it could be detrimental. But we're going to talk about the physical and spiritual, the connection between the two. If I were to give this message uh, a title, we'd call it Biblical Prescriptions, because we're going to look a little bit of, uh, look into a little bit of science, but we're going to, we're going to base this off a of foundation of God's Word. Amen? Amen. First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. I'll give you guys just a moment to get there if you've brought your Bibles. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. 
It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety, remember this, anxiety. Cast all your anxiety, anxiety on him because he cares for you. Okay, so uh, I, I get it. We read in Scripture that if we have problems, we go to God and, and, and God is there for us, right? God's will be done, right? What we, do, what we do is we go to God when we have problems. The problem with, that, with, with repeating that so much is it becomes something we do without understanding how it works. And then when we do things without understanding how it works, then we start accepting that there are things wrong with our lives and we go, oh, well, God's got it whenever God's got it, right? So what we want to do is we want to dive into that relationship because it is important to understand that we are to cast our anxieties to God, but it's more than just a saying. It's more than just scripture. It's something that's living and breathing and inside of us, and I want to pull that out for just a moment. Now, there's a reason that we're told to put our mind on Christ, and again, and again, we're talking about our mind, and we're talking about our body. We're talking about our physical self, right? There's another element to our mind, but we're going to get there in just one moment. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they will trust in you. In the world, there are all these self-help books right? Uh, it's always telling you to, to think positive, to speak it, to speak it into existence. I've heard some of these uh, tapes. You guys remember cassette tapes in your car? I heard some of these, these self-help tapes that just have you repeat, you know, I am enough, I am enough, I am enough, etc., etc. You guys have heard that stuff, right? It's all this self-talk, to talk yourself, talk yourself up, to convince yourself, right? And there's even things that, uh, that, tell you to, uh, that tell you to understand that you have to um, realize that there is a higher power. Uh, is my microphone too loud by chance? Everything okay? All right. So uh, other things tell us to realize that there's a higher power. As a matter of fact, if any of you have been uh, in AA meetings, uh, that's what they say. They, 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 they recognize that there's a higher power. Now, faith-based ministries, uh, which the one that I was involved in for many years, and, and uh, things like Celebrate Recovery, well, then they give a name to what that higher power is. When AA says that there's a higher power out there, you know, whether it be uh, God or, or Buddha or whatever they believe in, they say there's a higher power. Well, faith-based ministries understands who that power is, and that power comes only from Jesus Christ. Okay? Even AA meetings, even people that are without faith, they're being taught to self-talk, and they're being taught that there is a higher power. The break is, a lot of people don't realize exactly how important that higher power is, or even who that higher power is. But what it's important to note is how we think can affect the way that we feel. How we think can affect the way that we feel. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 23. And please slow me down if I'm going too quick. There's a lot to cover, uh, and I want to be respectful of your time. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 23. 
My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not, do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are the life to those who find them, and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. For everything you do flows from it. Our mind has an effect on how we feel, even to the point of being sick or if we have positive thoughts, and we'll break that down in a minute, even extending our lifespan. But the way we think, even before we take action, the way we think can either hurt us or can help us in more ways than we realize. So Mondays are normally uh, my, my day off. Um, I try to take a day off on Monday. It doesn't always work. Uh, but this particular Monday, um, I, uh, I was enjoying my time off. And I woke up uh, early in the morning. Thank God for Teresa getting the kids and everything ready for school. But I woke up, and we're talking about our minds here, and I thought, what can I do today? And I'm purposely trying not to do work. What can I do today? And I find myself either flipping through my phone or uh, looking at Facebook or YouTube or just kind of lounging around. And before I know it, half a day is gone. And now that half a day is gone, uh, or almost half a day is gone, well, now I'm getting depressed. I feel like I'm worthless. How can I just lay in bed or lounge around for half a day and let the world go around? There's people that I should be calling. There's things that I should be doing. But I talk myself into getting into a funk. And I just don't want to get up. How many people here have ever felt so bad that they just didn't want to get up? They just didn't want to, they just didn't want to do life that day. They just want to stay at home. That's a lot of us, right? Now, thankfully, uh, thankfully, uh, um, um, I, I muster up the energy to reach across and grab my phone and text Ken. And I said, Ken, the uh, new Harley dealerships open up uh, in Monday uh, uh, on Mondays. We should go check that out. Hint, hint. And I'm thinking, you know, he's working. He's painting people's houses. And he responds back almost immediately. Let's go. So what happens next? Well, for whatever reason, I've got this fire under me, and I jump up, and I go get a shower, and I go put pants on. I even, don't even, I even decide not to wear the pants that I wear for three days at a time. I put fresh pants on for Ken. My mind is renewed. I have something to do. I have purpose. I'm going to hang out with my new best friend. I'm just kidding, Ken. You don't have to be my best friend. I'm going to hang out with my new friends and we're going to spend time together and I want to do this and I have all of this energy. But what is different between that morning and then that mid-morning or that midday? Well, the difference is what my mind is telling me that I can do. How my mind processes thoughts. If I feel like, oh, I have nothing to do, I'm worthless, I'm going to lay in bed and lounge around unless I make myself get up. Versus, now I have a task. Now I'm going to do something and there's a fire under me. All of this, all of these changes didn't change with what I eat or what workout routine I did or what coffee I had, it changed from the synopsis of my mind. You feel emotionally like you're worthless. You're going to act like you're worthless. You feel emotionally like the world is out to get you. Then you're going to respond in your body defensively and then everything someone says is going to, is going to offend you. But then when we choose to speak life, things start to change. 
Poorly managed negative emotions are not good for your health. I've got a screen here, and I want to read this, and I'd like for you guys to see this as well. Negative attitudes and feelings of helplessness and hopelessness can create chronic stress. Now, here's where we go when we take our transition from our mind into our body. Hopelessness can create chronic stress, which upsets the body's hormonal balance, depletes brain chemicals required for happiness, and damages the immune system. Yes, the way that things enter our mind can dramatically affect our body. Now, on the other side, there's a great importance in the role of positive emotions. A positive outlook is scientifically proven to introduce faster recovery from cardiovascular stress, better sleep, fewer colds, and a greater sense of overall happiness. Now, not to jump too much into the science, because I have no idea what, what science is, okay? But at this point... And the conversation that we're having right now, it seems like, okay, well, we're talking about the mind and we're talking about the body. But I didn't say we were going to talk about the mind and the body. I said we're going to talk about the physical connection to the spiritual. Remember from things that we've learned. I love hearing those kids back there playing. Amen. I'm so thankful for that team back there. So if you remember in previous discussions... What is our mind? At some point, we had a conversation that, uh, that, that went to something like this. What is the difference between your spirit and your soul? And we broke that down in a manner, and we could go play back the tape, but we're going to keep it short. The spirit lives within us, lives within our heart. We could call the spirit our heart. The difference between your spirit and your soul is if our spirit is in our heart, our soul is in our mind. Our spirit is who we are, given to us by Christ. Our soul is our outward expression, of, is, our, is our thoughts, is the way that we act, the way that we interact. It's kind of who we are to the outside world. Our spirit is inside, our soul is our projection to the outside. Not to recap that whole message, because that, there's a lot to learn there. But as we look at our mind and how our mind affects our body, we're actually speaking about how our spiritual soul communicates with our physical self. Does that make any sense? Okay, I'll take that. All right, so there's three areas to focus on as we transition from a negative mindset to a positive mindset. Now wait, the question is, why should we have to transition? This is very important, because we actively have to make this transition, and here's why. We naturally have a negativity bias. We naturally have, that's number one, no it's not, yes it is, that we naturally have a negativity bias. Okay, what is a negativity bias? All right, how many times have you heard your neighbor complain about something Versus how many times have you heard your neighbor compliment something? Bad news travels faster and further than good news, right? That's why we have Fox and CNN and all of these other news outlets. They're not talking about how green the grass is and how beautiful the world is. They're talking about what's wrong with our president. They're talking about war. They're talking about all of this stuff. We have a bias on negativity. That is how we are programmed and that's because of the fall of man.
If we look at Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to go 19 through 21, and again, I have these, I have these notes, I hope. Um, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, uh, uh, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live in this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What we are saying, or what the scripture is telling us, is that we are born with a sin nature. Adam and Eve were given everything, but because of freedom of choice, and because of that snake, and because of the, the things that happened, at, at, from the point of Adam on, we are not born... As perfect people, we are born with a sin nature. And as we have a sin nature, it is only normal for us to look at those negative things. It's normal for us to look at those negative sides of people. It's normal for me to pick out someone and go, man, this guy is wearing a funny shirt today. Instead of going, my gosh, Dallas has a wonderful smile. It's normal. It's natural. It's unnervingly so. We have inherited a sin nature. It's normal to feel anxious. It's normal to feel anxious, but we have to remember as we're dealing with our minds, as we're dealing with our soul and how it communicates with our body, we have to understand that things like fear and anxiety those are things that will come. We don't have to ask for them. They will come. But I want to share something with you as it relates to anxiety. How many of you at any point in your life felt anxiety in your life? Now, I didn't put this on the screen and I regret doing so, but if you look at anxiety, A-N-X-I-E-T-Y, what is the very center letter in anxiety? I. So I want to do a quick practice with everybody, okay? So anxiety, right in the middle of anxiety is I. Can you repeat after me? I. Can, all right, now this. I, I. I, 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 I. Come on, keep it up. I, 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 I. Okay, so that sounds kind of silly, right? That sounds kind of silly. Should we do it some more? No, we shouldn't do it some more. We have stuff to do. Anxiety... And fear is the fruit. Every fruit comes from a seed. Anxiety is not the start of our problems. That's the result of seeds that are planted in our lives. So, as silly as that sounded for you all, that was pretty silly, right? You kind of, I, 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 so silly. Imagine what God thinks when he constantly hears you go, I can do this. I can get that raise. I can make my husband love me again. I can fix this problem. God is hearing I, 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 I. So if anxiety is the fruit, then the seed is our pride. God wants us to stop saying I, 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 and start saying him, 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 him. He wants us to turn over our problems to him. He wants us to relinquish 
the issues that we have to our, in our lives with him, we are not strong enough to tackle everything in our lives. That's not how we are designed. We are designed to be forever dependent on the Holy Spirit. We're designed to be... So when we, when we look at things like anxiety and we take that middle eye out, let's throw that out, realize that anxiety is a fruit of some other deep-seated issue. Whether it be chemical, because I do realize that anxiety can come off of chemical imbalances. I get that, and I don't shame that. But a lot of the anxiety we feel comes from something planted deeper within. So I went off track, but let's, let me see if I can find, to overcome that negative, okay, to overcome that negativity bias, we must take the I from the center of our lives and replace that with he. Remember Paul's letter to the church of Philippi. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, be present. Uh, I'm sorry, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Do not be anxious about anything. Is it, in, is it possible to not be anxious about anything? No, because it's in our nature. But when we realize these toughest parts of our life, when we can release that to God, we find hope. Philippians also says in 4.13, this is one of my favorite verses, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now, for those of you that don't know, a lot of prosperity preachers, a lot of the, the Joel Osteens of the world, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm, uh, I don't like him or anything like that, but a lot of these prosperity people will take that verse and they'll say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I, I, Christ is going to give me that new Corvette or he's going to give me the job that I want. I can do all these things through Christ. But if we look at the crux of this scripture and look at where Paul was, imprisoned, ridiculed, this, the original context of this scripture, I can do all this through him who gives me strength, is a battle cry while he's under attack. When we cast our anxieties to God, we realize that we're under attack, whether it be from ourselves or from, or from the enemy or from something completely generated in our mind. When we release that to him and understand that in our darkest moments, we do all things through Christ who gives us strength, that is the crux of what Paul is trying to tell the church. Let's move, remove the I in the situations that we can't control and look at the he. Even the little things. Moving right along. Number two in our biblical prescriptions, is the role of forgiveness. I want to quickly read Proverbs 17.9. Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. This first half, whoever would foster love covers an offense. Allowing love to overcome offense is not only commanded of us, but it can also make us whole. We should have some uh, words here and read with me. Forgiveness means fully accepting that a negative event has occurred and relinquishing our negative feelings surrounding the circumstances. Remember 
There is a personal healing in forgiving others. Health benefits from forgiving, including, you got to see the side effect commercials when you take some this and the side effects may include. Well, forgiveness presents the side effects of lowering heart attack risks, improving cholesterol levels, pain relief, lowers blood pressure, and anxiety. When we forgive, we're not just giving ourselves a peace of mind. We're not just allowing that to wash past us. We're not saying forgive and forget. When we forgive, there is legitimate holistic healing in our lives. And finally, number three, and this is very important, speak life. Proverbs thirty thirty two. If you play the fool and exalt yourself, or if you plan evil, clap your hand over your mouth. As disciples, and each and every one of you are disciples. As disciples, we are commanded to speak life. We are commanded to not let those negative things leave our mouth. And sometimes it's hard. And it really makes sense if you think about it. If negativity can be harmful, then speaking life can be restorative. I have a very dear friend. And I can't say his name, but if you ever watch this broadcast, he would, he would know exactly what I'm talking about. He has a friend that's lost into this world of drugs and prostitution. God has put a vision onto him, and he is committed to be with this person, not be with this person, but to try and coach and to guide this person. Even to the extent of paying bills... Because the reasoning is, I have to go out into the street and sleep with other people so I can make money to make rent. He made a commitment to this person. I'll help you find a real job. I will pay for your rent. I will pay for your food. I will pay for your electricity. As long as you promise me that you will take steps away from that and you will no longer sell your body any longer. And this worked for about two months. And this one time this person disappeared, fell back into that life, and my, and my friend was very, very upset. Upset to the point that he stormed into this person's house. He said, you made a covenant with me and you broke it. This person apologized. Probably didn't mean it. But you broke this covenant with me and you're on your own. And this person says, well, how am I going to make rent this month? He looks at this person and says, go ask so-and-so that you slept with last night to go pay your rent. Now, the question is, was my friend in the right? And the hard answer is no. This person broke this covenant. This person broke my friend's trust. This person hurt my friend to the core to where it hurts me. But my friend's responsibility is to speak life. Those things that he said is something that he should not have said. Now, is there a time for correction? Yes, but there is a way and a manner in which that you, that you offer correction without speaking death to a person. But going to someone and say, well, get that guy that slept with you to pay your bills, that is the wrong way to approach things. Everything that we do in our life, 
every single thing that we do, God wants us to speak life. Speak life to our friends, even speak life to our enemies. Amen? Jesus had every right to tell the disciples to go away, I got this. Jesus had every right to say, I'm not going to get on that cross because you don't deserve it. Did we deserve it? No. We did not deserve God's grace. He had every right to allow that negativity to flow. He had every right to do this, but instead he chose to gather his disciples around and to break bread with them and tell them, tell them what was about to happen why it was about to happen, and sacrificially give himself up because of his love for us. Jesus on that cross, Jesus being beaten and lashed, he spoke life. What he did on that cross spoke life.